One of the most listened to episodes in 2020 was the very first podcast featuring Joe's good buddy, Alberto. With everything going on in the markets and in the news right now, Joe wanted to do a follow-up with Alberto to discuss the changes that have happened and to discuss exactly what is going on in the markets and where they see it going in the future. Find out why Alberto is saying, just do it. Let's just get right down to business. Joe Robert Show. This, this is the Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. Show. Welcome back, Alberto, man. It was great to have you on again. Uh, you know, we had a guest, you on as a guest last year. Now we're at the beginning of 2021. And, you know, the times have changed and there's a lot of interesting things in the news to start the, the new year. And uh, I think it might even be more exciting than last year. What is Thank your you, thoughts? John. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. I, I, uh, I'm very excited to be back uh, on your show. Uh, it's, uh, we, we go ways back and uh, there's always a way to uh, take uh, advantage of the opportunities that are out there, right? So, like, I know that uh, for you, 2020 was a great year. It was the same thing for me. You always have to be looking at uh, where the puck is going, right, and where the opportunities are. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Well, I know we had a transition uh, of the president, which, you know, probably was not the smoothest we ever seen in history, but I guess the most interesting and will probably go down in a history book somewhere, right, or on the internet, yeah, 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 yeah. What good, good, good uh, topic there, right? So, uh, a boss of mine, long time ago, right? He mentioned the phrase "align yourself with the power structure," right? And uh, what uh, we have to continuously be doing that, right? And you see that happening with a lot of companies, right? Like immediately as soon as Biden took over, Amazon is like, uh, you know, Joe, can, Joe, how can we help you? Uh, Starbucks is chipping in, right? Like now everybody loves Joe, right? So they're aligning themselves with the power structure, right? Like they know where the money is, where the power is going to be and uh, where the bread is going to be buttered. So uh, um, yeah, you got to continuously do that. Yeah, and no one can really kind of judge what's going to happen until we see what happens, right? Because you never know what things will actually be in play with the new president until they're actually mandatory or made effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and it'll definitely affect... Uh, some things positive, some things negative, right? So you have to see how you can personally benefit from that, take advantage of that and, and uh, continue to uh, provide for your for your family. There's definitely gonna be opportunities. I mean, we can see that with the green companies, right? Electric uh, vehicle companies, uh, coal is probably not the best thing to get into right now, right? Uh, um, they're thinking of joining the Paris Accord. So anything green is probably gonna be a good uh, theme to get into. The pot stocks, I'm sure you saw them, like, you know, they, they went up like crazy. Um, you know, so yeah, you had just kind of have to see where things are going and take advantage of it. That's good. And I guess they got, they got, they started getting out the checks, the stimulus checks, right? And it seems sure. that sure. that's making uh, their way around into everybody's pocket. While it may only be $600, I guess it is having an impact on the economy, but I, I don't know what thought process goes through their mind when they are thinking like $600 is going to make an impact for those that may have not been working for a year. Right, 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 right. I know absolutely. Uh, yeah, 600 bucks doesn't, it's not really going to like uh, make a whole lot of difference. Uh, at the same time, when you, you know, multiply 600 times the 300 million people that we have, right? Like that's money that we're going to have to pay back at some point, right? One way or another, either through inflation or uh you know our, our kids are gonna have to pay it back right so uh it's well it's it's good that like uh to get that injection right now but it's not uh, it's not free money right like a lot of people think it, that that it is 
No, that, that will be interesting. I mean, obviously, the uh, U.S. has been piling on debt for many years and kicking the can down the road, and everyone says we got to pay it, but, I mean, really, it could go on for decades, right? For sure, it could go on, for sure, for sure, could go on for sure, for sure, yeah. For a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's talking about how infl inflation is coming, inflation is coming, but uh, the same thing that we've been doing in, uh, in the U.S. here for the last, uh, you know, 12 years, right, or, or maybe 15 years, like Japan has been doing it for 30 years, and many people have bet uh that uh, inflation will pick up in japan for the last 30 years and it hasn't happened right so like they actually call them uh the, the widowmaker trade right where uh people keep on betting on on that and it's just not it's not coming right so uh, uh if you think it's bad here as far as like the crazy things that we're doing japan is like three four times worse right like their uh debt to gdp ratio is uh over 200%, right? Like oh, much bigger than what we have right now. I think we're around like 120 or so, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that some, somehow it's sustainable. I really don't understand it. I don't know how the economics of that is possible that they can keep on just printing money and they, uh, in Japan also they're, they're buying stocks, right? Like, so not only uh, are they uh, buying government bonds and just like, just like we started here buying corporate debt, right? But they actually buy stocks so it's interesting how it just keeps on going and going and going. And at some point it will definitely pop, but who knows when. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know who's going to pay for it, right? And hopefully right. we're just not holding the bag at the time that's got to be paid for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's either going to be us or your kids or, 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 or their grandma. Yeah. So somebody's going to have to. No, it just happens to be that obviously in the news this week, you know, uh, GameStop is the talk of the town through Twitter and everywhere, Reddit, Discord groups. Um, you know, I, and I think there's different reasons to be looking at this more than, you know, just Main Street type of investors running up the price. And so, you know, what is your opinion of what's going on so far? Yeah, I mean, number one, it's it's fascinating to watch, right? So like I've been a, a Reddit uh, lurker for a long, long time. So this is like really like not, not news to me. And uh, this is kind of like the, I would say like, maybe not the culmination, right? But definitely like a, 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 a you know, take it up to another level, right? So like, a, it's amazing to see some people there that are, you know, betting, they'll, they'll bet 10,000 and they make 500,000 out of that, right? Like uh, they have this concept of, of YOLO, right? You only live once and they put along one stock and let it roll. <laughs> but, but for every you know, winner that you have where they're pay, uh, posting this uh, gain porn, as they call it, right? You have another hundred that uh, end up posting loss porn, right? Uh, where they lose uh, all their money, right? So uh, right now the narrative is, oh yeah, you know, the little guy is screwing the, the big uh, hedge funds and screwing Wall Street, right? However, one thing that I do see that people are not talking about is that there are going to be a lot of backholders, right? A lot of little guy backholders, you know, like anybody that bought it, at 30 and sold it at 60, they made money, 60 to 120, they made money. But at some point, the bubble the bubble will pop. And I think we might be seeing that today, actually, right? Uh, hard to say, right? I mean, like, uh, but uh, the fact that they're not letting them trade it uh, in, in some of the platforms, that they're not letting them buy it anymore, right? That is going to, um, by default, create a supply-demand imbalance, right? And I think it will uh, pop that bubble at least uh, for the next uh, couple of days, right? So it, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out, right? It was not, uh, you know, people are like, keep on asking me, like, is it going to go to 2000 or is it going to go 20, right? I think it's going to go to probably both, right? 
it's gonna go. <laughs> it's gonna go to two thousand, and it inevitably will go to twenty, right? Because if you just look at the intrinsic value of GameStop, it's not it's not three hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, right? I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a short squeeze. Very interesting to see. I would highly recommend folks to not go too crazy on this. I uh, I did kind of like uh, dip my toe on it on the way up. You know, made some money, sold my money. Like I, you know, didn't get greedy. Uh, now I got a uh, trade on the way down. Let's see how that plays out. Like uh, I did buy uh, the way that I would recommend if you're gonna like do anything with it, do it with a put, right? Like don't do it with a with a short in the stock. If you short the stock, it's unlimited losses, right? If you do a put, you have defined uh, defined risk. Uh, plus buying uh, or, or borrowing shares, right? To, to short right now is pretty much close to impossible. And so that's how I would recommend if you're gonna do anything, do it that way. And number two, you know, just do money that you can afford to lose. You know, that's, it's just, it's a crisis trade right now, so. <laughs> I think, I think the bubble, I mean, and what I'm seeing here in the first few hours this morning, look like today may be the day it's done for. I mean, basically they blocked the trading on all these stocks. And I, I just checked before we got on, the, the Robinhood users just obliterated all the ratings on the app store down to one, mm -hmm. down to one star. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I hope, I hope that this has a great, big impact on Robinhood going public and hopefully that you know it does have an impact that where you know there's certain things that are put in place to you know uh, allow a certain amount of leverage from hedge funds to short certain things right and then also you know more clarity to the public with what's what's going on and more certainly I mean you know these apps should not have the ability just to block you know their traders out like today from being able to make market purchases. Yeah, 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 no, it's interesting. And, and I hope that they manage this properly, right? I mean, like, uh, you don't want too much regulation, you don't want, you don't want too little regulation. There's definitely gonna be some repercussions from, from this, right? And uh, I mean, it's not the first time that there's been a bubble, right? I mean, like we saw that with tanker stocks uh, about two years ago, we saw the, uh, the flash crash. I mean, so all kinds of crazy things happen in the market all the time. Uh, you know, so I hope that, uh, the way that they manage it is the proper way. Uh, they don't, they don't go too crazy. I mean, for example, right now, like the fact that you can't trade the stock is a little too harsh in my opinion, right? I'm, I'm lucky to, um, be with a broker that is still uh, allowing trading and that, right? Uh, uh, let me give them a shout out. Actually, I, I started using uh, tasty, tasty trades, uh, tasty, tasty works. It's, it's, it's sweet, man. It's really, really cool. Um, and uh, they're very uh, much into empowering their users, right? Like uh, pretty much if you want to trade futures, options, whatever you want to trade, like they'll uh, pretty much almost automatically approve you. Uh, and, you know, they kind of like uh, trust people, right? So like uh, if you're, if you're going to um, trade, yeah, I mean, like uh, you can lose your money, right? I mean, so that's kind of like their, uh, their, um, modus operandi, but they have tons of really, really good education, right? So like they're, they're big into like selling uh, premium, right? Rather than buying options, right? Like selling the options. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of times where the, where the money is, right? Like uh, you, you become the house in that case, right? So uh, yeah, definitely uh, recommend that uh, platform. And they, they haven't halted uh, trading on, uh, on GME. And what do you think, you know, from, a high level, what other things, what other takeaways can we learn from this? I mean, what else are we seeing that, you know, it, maybe this is laying some groundwork for the blockchain and crypto space or decentralization or just 
democratizing certain things to where everybody's on a level playing field at some point in the future. What other, you know, what are you taking away besides the obvious when it comes to the GameStop trade and so forth? Maybe what may uh, benefit us down the road? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so before we get into blockchain, right? Like, uh, one, one takeaway is position sizing, position sizing, position sizing, right? Like don't put it all on red and, and thinking that, you know, if, if that, uh, that that's going to be the way to change your life, right? Like I love uh, doing risky trades. I love re doing risky things, right? Like uh, you and I both, right? Like we've been in defaulted mortgage notes, right? Like uh, we take risk with uh, buying properties. Like we, we think nothing of buying a house that has like no equity in it, right? Uh, uh, I, we were big time into Bit uh, Bitcoin and crypto, right? Uh, stocks and so forth, right? But that's how you can generate positive returns, right? And positive alpha, right? Like by having a lot of bets on different risky things, right? And, and if three fail, but like seven pop like crazy or like one pops like crazy, right? You're good, right? So that's, uh, I think the takeaway, right? Like don't put it all on, on GameStop today and think that that's gonna be like a life uh, changing opportunity. And you will see, you know, instances of that, right? Like in stories of like somebody that put in 10,000 and they made a million, right? But that's gonna be far, few and few and far between, right? Now, as far as like blockchain, right? The, yeah, no, I think it's gonna be very, very exciting. I think it's the next level, right? I was just talking to somebody yesterday and uh, back in the early 2000s uh, and uh, late 90s, he was, uh, his job uh, consisted of providing liquidity in stocks, right? So he was there uh, giving them a bid and giving them an ask uh, to the people that, that wanted to trade, right? And that went away with uh, the high frequency traders, right? So that job doesn't exist anymore. Right now, high frequency trading has taken over, right? So now the, the bid and ask spreads are much thinner, commissions are much lower. And, you know, we, we've seen that, right? Like with, uh, with Robinhood uh, offering like free, uh, free trades, right? It's because there is a lot less humans involved, right? As we progress with Bitcoin and the blockchain, not, not Bitcoin, right? But as we progress with the blockchain, I can totally see how these trades will get done using blockchain, right? And it becomes a lot more efficient and even cheaper still, right? Than, than it's been uh, up until this point. So uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be fascinating how that happens, right? And same thing with real estate, same thing with other kinds of, of trades. I think blockchain is gonna definitely benefit uh, these transactions uh, uh, greatly and minimize the cost of trading. Yeah, I mean, I guess my what thought you is, you know, really yeah. right now, at least in, well, right, right now in the US, the only thing that is, always questionable and maybe not so much in certain jurisdictions like Africa and all that is really regulatory, right? Regulatory. Mm -hmm. Where, mm -hmm. where will they come down and clamp innovation and where will they allow innovation to, to just do its own thing? Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing this morning with Robinhood, you know, if we kind of compare that to, for those who aren't listening, what a decentralized exchange like Uniswap, where it's, you know, you could go on there, you could trade 24 seven, there's nobody that could close it down. And then you compare it to what happened in Robinhood, you're like, wow, like, you know, we have a long ways to go. And then how, how do you get past the regulatory hurdle in which would, that they would actually allow something like that to, to be able to trade and what type of, you know, how will they dampen certain things when it comes to uh, plays like GameStop? Um, you know, you know, is blockchain gonna lead in other countries where maybe the regulatory hurdles will not be in the way of innovation so much as in the US. I think as we always um, start looking at all these projects and new startups or tech coming to play, we also have to think of who's gonna be the, 
who's going to adopt it the most, who's going to be the first users. It might not even be the US with, with these regulatory, maybe it's Africa, maybe it's these developing countries that, you know, where crypto makes a lot more sense and where there's no laws that kind of forbid transactions. Yeah. I mean, what that's, you're that's what, what that's Yeah. Something. What you're mentioning right there, Joe, that right there is what keeps me up at night, right? Because right now, the US government, the China government is kind of just letting crypto kind of like do its thing, right? They're not like too concerned about it, right? Uh, I don't think they realize the monster that crypto is, right? Like crypto has the ability to steal the power of both China and the US of being the fiat currency, being, being the currency of choice, right? And right now, if you look at the market cap of the crypto market, it's about one trillion dollars, which in, in the big scheme of things is not is not huge. I mean, it, that's a big number, right? Like it's, it's hard to, to envision. But when you look at the amount of assets that are around the world, it's still you know less than one percent, right? But as crypto starts really taking hold, right? I think that that's going to awaken a giant. Like there's no way that China or the US want to give up that power, you know, just, just because like right now they don't, I don't know if they don't realize it or they, they just don't envision it so far, but that is something that I can totally see both China and the US trying to squash, trying to kill, trying to ban, right? I think at the end of the day, unless they're completely draconian, they're not going to be able to do it. Right. What do I mean by that? Right. So uh, if they try to just ban crypto. Right. Well, it's it's, uh, you know, you have peer to peer networks, right, where you can trade money back and forth. Right. So, so you know, we saw that uh, in the, uh, you know, era of spring, right, where people were trying to shut down Facebook and so forth, but people were still able to communicate with peer to peer uh, communication. Right. So like same thing is going to happen on the crypto space where people can move crypto back and forth. The only way that I can see where they could make a dent on truly bang, banning it is if they criminalize it, right? Where they say to the point where if we catch you using crypto, you will go to jail. And don't be fooled for a second that they're not willing to go that far to squash it, right? So, yeah. I mean if Jack Ma, if Jack Ma goes missing for a few months, anything is possible. <laughs> absolutely, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and, that, and that's the China case, right? But I mean, like, I, I think we're a little bit naive to think that oh, that's China. You know, that that would never happen in the U.S. I think we 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 have seen some things, and we'll continue to see things that yeah, it, it could happen here as well. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hoping yeah, I agree. having the the blinders on and uh, they just let it roll. It's gonna to get to a point where they will not be able to, to squash it. It'll just be interesting to see if, you know, this, uh, we'll call it movement, where mainstream investors, you know, come together and, and doing their research and drive essentially stock picks and, you know, communities around companies that are gonna ultimately actually grow and prosper and how the companies will respond to the communities itself and, you know, with open arms so that they both work in tandem to, you know, move forward. I yeah. And that's what I think everyone's recognizing these days is it's all about community, you know, and it's all about the customer. And uh, I mean, just there's, there's a lot that's going to be taken away from this, what's going on in the market right now. I think people are just not even uh, recognizing it. It's interesting to see it as 
it kind of unfolds more and more. And I mean, hey, it would all it'd be cool if like the community could get together and put a some kind of lawsuit together against, you know, these guys for shutting down the trading. I mean, that that definitely would be interesting to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 yeah, no, it, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I think that there's a lot that we can take uh, take from this. I think you're right, like the power of crowdsourcing, right? Like that's kind of what Reddit is, right? Like doing all this uh, uh, community research, right? And uh, I go there a lot, right? And uh, they kind of take pride on being offensive and being, you know, calling each other names and so forth. Right? But if you look at the research itself, I mean, it's, it's pretty high quality. I mean, they definitely put in some, some good, uh, some good pieces. So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be, and, and, you know, so I guess like they're being serious while at the same time having, uh, having fun, right? Like they're doing some really serious research while at the same time doing some, some, you know, bantering and back and forth and it can get pretty <laughs> And now they're, now they're, now I think it's shorted today. I mean, now they're all going to, now we're all going to need another stimulus check to get the next round going. Right. I mean, we're all waiting for another check to come at some point, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling, Joe. You're not you're not in that category. I mean, okay, that that, that uh, you know. But anyway, like, uh, yeah. Uh, are, you, are you getting a, a no, six hundred? Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that. I, I guess what I'm saying is the you know definitely now that they maybe get shorted out today, there may be some losers that you know we're going to need another stimulus check to start being processed for everybody to get back into the investing game. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. For sure, for sure. And I, and I think you're right. I think it, it, that this uh, government stimulus has definitely been part of why there is so much liquidity in the stock market, and then there's so much uh, retail investor, uh, um, uh, you know, interest. Right. So, like, uh, the, again, you know, one of the good things that has come out of this whole crazy pandemic, right? Like, people are are at home. Some people are bored, right? Like, what can I do? Like, let's open up a Robinhood account. Like, let's start trading, right? Like, let's learn about uh, options. Let's learn, about, you know, how to make some some money, right? So, yeah, I think that that's another positive that's coming out of this, right? So, uh, hopefully, you know, they don't take it to the nth degree and, uh, you know, lose all their money. And, like, now we have to bail them all out. And like, they start crying, hey, like, uh, I lost all my money. Give me another check so that I can, like, spend it again. But, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. I think it's very fascinating. Well, I know as we kind of started touching on crypto and, uh, you know, the crypto marketplace, obviously, since last March, when we bottomed out across all markets, has gone up substantially, you know, it could be 10, 15 X. And it seems like we may be taking a break here, uh, catching our breath, maybe for 30, 60 days. Um, the institutional interest is actually real this time compared to, I guess, 18 and 19 when the community was just saying that they're here, but they weren't really here. Now we could actually see Bitcoin being put on public company balance sheets and funds declaring asset, you know, allocations in a certain percentage. You know, what do you see, you know, happening for the rest of the year? What's what's your opinion? Is this going to continue? Yeah, so I did sell some of my uh, Bitcoin position, right? I mean, I paired it down. I think it got a little too, too frothy, right? Uh, I am definitely like a long-term Bitcoin holder. I have, I have a couple pots, right? So like I always have like this mental pots that I have, right? So uh, I always have like different uh, accounts for stocks and for uh, Bitcoin and whatever, right? So like, I'll call this like my hold forever account. I'll hold it, I'll call this like my trading account, right? So my trading account, I did uh, close out my uh, Bitcoin position. Um, it's interesting too, right? If you look at Bitcoin and Ethereum, I mean, they're kind of like in separate paths right now, right? I mean, like uh, Bitcoin is trending down Ethereum is trending up, right? And uh, 
so yeah, number one, those are pretty much the only two cryptos that I trade. I think everything else is a lottery ticket. Uh, if you look at the market cap of um, crypto, uh, between Ethereum and Bitcoin, they have about 80% of the market, right? Like 80 something percent of the market, right? And everybody else is the, the crumbs, right? So uh, I think that uh, crypto is another example of a network-based market, right? Meaning uh, the power of the network is based on the fact that you have this network effects, right? So you can see that in so many instances, right? For example, you saw, you saw it in right? Facebook is kind of like the big winner because they were not necessarily first to market, but they were the first ones that kind of like started dominating, right? And I, I really see it uh, uh, very difficult to see how that you can, you're gonna be able to like uh, throw them down. Like they really have to screw it up in order to lose that uh, that uh, position, right? Google, right? The same thing, right? Like uh, that's another search, right? And even though uh, their moat is not as powerful, right? Like, uh, because you can always like search in another search engine, but obviously, you know, another dominant, right? So same thing here, right? I think that between Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're the uh, uh, the two gorillas and it's gonna be super, super hard to debunk them from that uh, position. So so that's kind of like my takeaway. I, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, I totally agree there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that it, it, it just keeps, I mean, I've been in technology for 30 years and I keep on seeing it over and over and over again. Right? It could happen with, uh, chips, right? Actually, that's an interesting one. Chips is the reason that AMD was able to do what they did is was a, a government mandate, right? So it used to be that chips were uh, proprietary, right? So the Intel architecture was proprietary, but the government forced Intel to make it to commoditize it, right? So that's why uh, AMD was able to come in and start competing in in, uh, in that space, right? So that's when the network effect loses its power, right? When you don't have proprietary technology, which, uh, uh, and it becomes commoditized, which makes it easy to swap between providers, right? So we saw that in the, uh, in the PC market, right? When you, when PCs came out, uh, Intel was the big gorilla in the chip, right? But anybody could, could put those boxes together, right? Like you could, one time you would buy HP, another time you would buy Dell, then, you know, Gateway, which is like not even in the picture anymore, right? Uh, but uh, the government came in and said, Intel, you have to give your blueprints, right? And you have to let anybody come up with this design. So that's why AMD was able to like jump in there, right? And um, uh, gain traction in that market. But something like, uh, for example, like NVIDIA is a different story because they don't have to share their uh, proprietary graphic, uh, you know, GPU cards, right? So uh, I, I'm a bigger believer of uh, NVIDIA than maybe even AMD, even though I, I do have AMD. AMD is starting to get into the GPU market as well. So like, you know, kind of to making it a proprietary market. But yeah, same thing with crypto. I mean, I could, I could give you like another 30 examples. To me, the biggest example of that right now, Joe, right? And we talked about this a little bit before. The biggest gorilla game, they call them gorilla games, right? The biggest gorilla game that's occurring right now is cloud, right? So you yeah. have, um, once you commit to a, to a certain cloud provider, the cost of switching over to a different cloud provider is humongous, right? And you have all these companies that, that say, hey, oh yeah, we're cloud agnostic, you know, we, we wanna have like different providers. No, you, it, that is the dumbest thing you can do, right? I mean, that, because for so many reasons, you're gonna have to train multiple people on multiple platforms. You're gonna to have to uh, have different data centers. You're gonna to have to connect between those two, two or three data centers that you have between the providers, right? 
So yeah, that's the biggest market uh, that's occurring right now. And the reason it's the biggest too is because they started at the low, low layer, right? Like with the network uh, and then they started building from there, right? So like now they're offering more uh, SaaS applications. You can get your email provided by, um, by AWS or Azure. You can get your, uh, uh, your work applications. Like pretty soon they're gonna start offering uh, in ticketing applications and so forth. So yeah, it's crazy what's going on in, the, in that uh, market for sure. But uh, yeah, and it, it is repeating in Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Ethereum is currently the leader. It is the leader. I mean, DeFi, mm -hmm. I mean, everything done is around the Ethereum ecosystem and has the biggest community of developers, has the biggest community of followers. Um, yeah, it'd be very hard to, to, to overtake Ethereum at this point. And yep. starting to play around with DeFi a little bit lately, not, not an expert in it by any means, but it's interesting to start seeing how things start evolving basically from a financial product standpoint where you could go in you can lend assets, you can borrow assets, you can receive interest, you know, you can kind of do some yield farming, you do some different exotic things. And uh, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out in the next few years and decade to just how the, the banking side meets with DeFi and how it comes together and how maybe there is an integration of wallet services. Like, you know, is it gonna be that you log into your bank and you're gonna also have you know, if, if wallet addresses like under your business account that could hold crypto and then a fiat, you know, account also, you know, what is that going to look like? Or is it going to be more like banks are gone and there's a service that just converts your fiat into uh, USDC or something within your own crypto wallets where you're self-custodian through some software? I, I don't know yet, but yeah. I guess it also, it's going to depending on the client, right? Are they going to want to self custody? Are they going to want institution? And what institutions are going to be first to the game to offer their clients the ability to be able to hold crypto in their bank account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that there was a bank, right? Like a couple of weeks ago or something, Alaska Bank or something like that that got. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Avanti, Avanti, there's a few people getting a Wyoming license, and I just haven't seen anything to the extent that kind of merges it all together yet in one. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least what I'm looking at, because trust me, I was like the last few months, like, God, I, I'm ready to get the hell out of the banking system a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I think over the next five years, it can, it can occur, but it's going to take longer than people think. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I kind of vision it. Or just like it, someone, I mean, someone right now can build an app where you could convert fiat into crypto right within a wallet. Or when you send it out, it can convert it on the way out. I think that would be, interesting to see. I mean, I, I would definitely sign up to give it a try. And uh, I mean, right now, you know, they're starting the ability to do loans on DeFi, you know, so it'd be interesting to get past over the next years when they get out of just the on-chain stuff and start doing loans to assets that are, you know, like real estate and so forth and how they will be able to fetch the pricing and the value on a daily basis. Not quite sure yeah, yet, yeah. but We'll kind of see that. Yeah, as, as I'm hearing you, Joe, I mean, my, my mind is raising, right? Because like, <laughs> I'm super excited about this, right? Like this is, the possibilities are endless and you're right. I mean, who knows where it's going to land, right? Uh, uh, you know, I think you're right about Ethereum, right? Like uh, the, the reason that Ethereum has a little bit of uh, um, 
you know, or not a little bit, but a lot of play, right? And it is a, a number two, but a very strong number two is because their technology is so much more efficient and uh, advanced than, than Bitcoin, right? Like, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. I mean, even though they, they have 80% of the market, but Bitcoin's still the gorilla, it, but, you know, we're seeing that in the market in the last couple of months. I don't know if it's going to hold where Ethereum is starting to go up, Bitcoin starting to go down. We'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that plays out, right? So, but yeah, Ethereum is amazing uh, technology. I think that another thing that people miss and, you know, back to what we're talking about, the, the government, right? Uh, and uh, trying to ban it. I think that's something that's really important about crypto is the ability to uh, trace transactions, right? Like so many people have... <laughs> uh misconceived notion that oh you know crypto it's uh you can't trace it you know you're anonymous yada 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 right i mean everything this is the, the opposite of anonymous right like you have this public ledger that you can go in and, and uh, trace transactions right and everybody can see what's what's uh what's going on and they can all be tracked back eventually to your to your bitcoin address right so uh i think that that's an important argument that in order for the government to not play any shenanigans and try to ban it, that that should stay. I mean, yeah, I don't see it changing, right? But like, there are some cryptos that, you know, promise anonymity. And I think that those are going to quickly fall by the wayside. I mean, if if, uh, if I'm not investing in the lower coins, I'm definitely not investing in the anonymous coins. So I think those are going to be ones that are going to be squashed pretty soon by the, by the government, right? So uh, we need to simplify it a little bit more. I think, you know, something as simple as a Bitcoin address, or like, I think it's still confusing to people. Um, so making it where it's as easy as like a, uh, you know, PayPal or like a Venmo, right? And then we're getting there, right? I mean, PayPal is getting big into crypto as well. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see all these companies, right? Like Michael Saylor with MicroStrategy putting all their freaking treasury holdings in Bitcoin. That's that's amazing. That's a pretty big, bold, uh, bold move on his part, right? So, and I think we're going to continue to see that maybe not to the extent that uh, Michael Saylor did with putting 100% of his money uh, or, or the company's money, right? But uh, 5%, 2%, 10%, I can totally envision companies doing that as well. Uh, it, all it takes, I mean, is just one announcement from like an Amazon or even like a Elon Musk, right? It's saying something about Bitcoin and like, uh, you know, we're off to, off to the races again. Like we saw that, uh, with uh, Etsy, right? I think he, he tweeted about Etsy and, you know, the stock jumped like 20, 30 points on that, right? It's, so that's another thing to, to be careful, right? I mean, like it is a frothy market. It is, people are very excited about everything. And uh, so control your control your risk, manage your risk. Yeah, I actually got a couple of wallets that I'm, 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 I'm following to try to actually get education on this one whale we'll call them, has about $400 million just rolling in one freaking Ethereum address. And he's got about 100 million in leverage on the DeFi applications. And you could just watch the trades every day and how they're adding, you know, certain liquidity tokens to certain pools and how they're putting collateral over here and then getting a loan out. And, you, you know, it's a good way to just watch and learn from, you know, bigger whales and what, what strategies that they're doing. So like you're mentioning, most of it, well, it's on chain, so you could see the activity of everybody. And therefore it's not so anonymous unless you actually, to the point that you figure out what the end wallet is where they come out into fiat. Um, yeah, I mean, that, 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 I love it. I love it so far at least. And uh, it's definitely a little bit more exciting for me moving out of the note space and into crypto. <laughs> so George, you want to talk a little about uh, properties? Like, uh, yeah. I know that you're doing a lot of stuff on that. So, I mean, 
let's see what what's happened in the last few months. Uh, let's see. Well, the one beach house I picked up at the uh, you know in 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 twenty nineteen over at the beach. Let's talk about it over at the beach, right? So I picked up the you know beach house, a couple beach houses, and a bunch of waterfront lots in twenty nineteen. Kind of just timed the market right. At the end of last year, I sold six of the waterfront lots for about double the price. Nice. Right. So in and out over a year was expecting to hold them uh, a longer term, but the price just happened to go way up. And someone made me an offer and I was like, Hey, might as well, I, I want to take it and run. Cause you don't know where the market's going. Right. Absolutely. Plus it's not good to carry debt on non cash flowing assets for all the listeners. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was like, I'll take it and leave. And then also, you know, the market moved up on the, uh, the, the house is very quickly last year. I mean, literally, I don't even know the, the depending on what asset it went up 30 to hundred percent in just as little market over at the beach. I mean, what happened was there was a lot of supply for a long time. And then this COVID hit last year and everyone just scattered remotely bought up all the inventory and prices moved. So on the beach house, I was able to exit that. Um, I think I made about 125 plus I'm still sitting on a, a free and clear lot that was next to it. So I bought it as a package, but just sold the house. And so that's another 175. So should have a few hundred K coming out of that deal. And then the lots, like I said, they did a double. And I mean, now I have left is oceanfront house that's uh, on the market. We did a little bit of rehab, um, picked that up last year and just kind of reselling it because the market's going up. And, you know, I also picked up 14 building lots at the end of the year. We're supposed to get a contract of starting two of those in the next week. Uh, they're going to be about 1450 square foot entry market homes, three or four bedroom, two to three bath. And they're going to be, uh, you know, in the cost of build to be about 260 and they'll retail at about 375, 399, depending. Uh, there's like zero, literally zero new construction homes under 600 in the market. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. So you might, you might be able to sell them for a little bit more than that. What is your <laughs> construction uh, cost per foot? So you know. I, th I think we're like 170-ish, if that sounds right. I think somewhere okay. in, in and around there. Uh, I mean, at the beginning of last year, we were thinking it was going to be closer to 140. But obviously, everybody knows the, the price of wood has gone up dramatically over the last year. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's at least 20K uh, added on to each house that maybe we didn't account for per se. But at the same time, the house price on the sale side has gone up equally or more. So it's it, it's working out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. besides we're going on to another builder. So we, we, we closed on a few months ago. We're supposed to start with one builder. It didn't work out. They're supposed to start with another builder. It didn't work out. <laughs> As I say, three is a charm. I mean, what's, ha what's kind of happening in this area for everyone to keep aware of is that everyone's just getting so busy that the GCs are not able to round up the subs in order to execute on these jobs because subs are so booked out for so long that then they don't want to sign a contract to do the deal because they don't believe they could deliver in time. So now we're on a guy who's uh, looks like he's he's been in the area building for a long time and should be able to get it done. And we're gonna obviously be paying for a little bit more price for that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that'll be good. Like if it's somebody that's been doing it for a long time, that is critical, right? So like, a, uh, I am like building three new construction homes up here in, in New Jersey. And uh, the reason I'm doing that is like, uh, number one, I have no clue about new construction, right? I'm learning as, right? 
but I did partner up with somebody who has been doing it for 30 years. Uh, you know, this guy's dad. And uh, in addition, uh, my friend, he's been doing it for like a, the last three or four years, right? So for so many reasons, it's important to hook up with somebody that has that kind of experience, right? Number one, they're not going to be making as many mistakes as you would uh, when you start the process, right? But number two, and uh, you're, you're alluding to this, right? It's the relationships that this guy has, they go back 30 years, right? He's got his that he's been working with for, for 30 years, right? He's, he's got his plumber, he's got his uh, mason, right? And so forth, right? So when when he calls uh, his uh, his framer and he says, hey, I have a job for you, he's gonna drop everything else and he's gonna come to this guy's uh, side, right? Because he's been feeding him for, for the last uh, 30 years, right? So that, you're right, yeah, that's exactly the problem right now, trying to get your, your crews to come in on time, right? And time is money, right? I mean, you have holding costs and so forth, right? So. Uh, if they're not uh, uh, managing themselves properly and they don't have like the right relationship, you're, you're, you're toast, right? So yeah, fascinating business. Uh, hopefully the strategy is we're doing like single family residences right now, right? But uh, assuming that the market kind of stays stable, we'll start getting into multis, right? Like 10 units, 12 units, mixed use, all that uh, fun stuff. What was, what was, what's your reason for getting your, you know, dipping your feet in the water there? <laughs> Well, it just, it was just an, uh, an opportunity that was like just too good to pass up. Right. I mean, I know that, uh, I've known Sergey, uh, my partner right, for like the last uh, 10 years. And, uh, I know that he's like a super, you know, like he doesn't take any BS from anybody. Right. Uh, so he doesn't, he doesn't give you BS and he doesn't take BS. Right. So he's a really good partner. I've had, I've actually had a couple of businesses with him already. And when I heard that he was doing new construction, it just seemed like the right opportunity to learn about something new, right? Like uh, something that's different between uh, fix and flips and new construction is number one, in fix and flips, your margins are gonna be a lot lower, right? I mean, uh, your your absolute numbers, right? Like maybe yeah. more relative, but, but uh, uh, absolute numbers is not gonna be as big. So one bad wall with termites behind it, one foundation issue, whatever it is, right? Like you're done, right? I mean, uh, Sergey had an issue in, uh, this very pricey community up here in New Jersey called Snack, where he had to redo the uh, the septic, right? And that was like a thirty, forty thousand uh, dollar problem. And you know, there goes your profit, right? So he didn't lose money, but he didn't make money on that uh, on that project. Right? When you're doing your construction, it's much more well defined risk, right? Like you know, here's a lot; it's been approved, right? Uh, we don't buy anything but approved uh, lots, right? Like they, they, if it has to be rezoned, we don't we don't uh, go into that. Right? And, and so once you have that then everything else is well-defined, right? You're going to set your foundation, you're going to set your framing and so forth. There's not going to be any walls that you have to worry about that you tear down and there's like a, a lot of uh, garbage behind it, right? So, so far so good, knock on wood, right? But like the idea is definitely to get into bigger and bigger uh, projects. It seems at least in on paper that doing one single family residence is almost as much work as doing like a 10 unit, right? Because you still have to get all the permits, you still have to get the, you know, get your... Uh, contractors lined up, right? You have to get everything um, on the schedule. So that's the idea, right? To kind of get to that uh, level in the next year or two. I think that's what we're all learning in this uh, area is that, you you know, the, the scalability, right? I mean, it's similar type of work, similar timeframes, just to go on a bigger project. And what, what came to my mind as you were speaking is that what we're seeing in the market is that the delta between used inventory and what a retail buyer wants to pay for it and, you know, let's say a fully rehab property has gotten 
to a point that there was no spread there for a rehabber per se to buy it on the market, fix it up and resell it because there's some retailer that will come in and pay closer uh, to full retail price or as is condition. That just doesn't make sense. So the only thing left to do at that point, if you can't find deals is to build. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you bring up a really good point, right? You have to be willing to go and you have to be smart enough to take advantage of where the opportunities are. Right. So like, that's why it's good to know about, uh, you know, how the, all the games work, right? Like be it fix and flip, be it new construction, be it notes, uh, you know, even crypto, right? Like right now, they, the latest thing that I'm learning about, which is like uh, fascinating is uh, selling premium, right? So um, uh, options, calls, puts, right? Uh, everybody on Reddit is great buying the, the calls, right? And, but, uh, you know, 90% of those people that are buying those calls, they're, they're losing money, right? Like they're expiring worthless, right? Somebody's selling them those, uh, those puts and calls, right? And that's where I come in, buddy. So, right, so uh, selling that premium, to those folks that want to like uh, risk uh, their life savings. Like uh, now, obviously there could be a lot of risk, right? If you sell a naked put, if you sell a naked call, uh, it's undefined risk, right? But there's ways to mitigate that, right? So you can sell a, a vertical spread uh, that will cap your, your risk, right? Like you can also do a lot of uh, trades across and correlated assets, right? So selling gold, selling silver, selling the oil, all kinds of commodities, right? Uh, so, uh, uh, make sure that you have some that are, you know, that are, will go up if the market goes up and some that will go up if the market goes down, right? Like, so that you can kind of cover your basis. Like they call it uh, being Delta delta neutral, right? So like whatever the market does, you know, you still, you're still making money on that time premium, right? So like you're, you're capturing all that time premium that's uh, embedded, right? And in, uh, intrinsically in the, in the option. So we'll see how it goes. I just started that. I'll, I'll keep you posted. I, I might lose all my money. I might not. Let's see. How <laughs> now, I know with, uh, you know, on the real estate and new construction, kind of what prompted me to buy those lots definitely dealt with supply and demand, but also migration, people working remotely. And with COVID still playing out probably for most of 2021 also, how, uh, what are some things that you're doing maybe in regards to due diligence or your decisions and what lots to buy or your pieces of real estate when it, you know, for location wise and meeting supply and demand. Yeah. 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 Good point. So number one, I mean, to, to your point, right. I mean, who would have thunk that once we really realized that we're going to be locked down for a while, right. That the market was going to go the way it did, right. Like the stock market, the real estate market. Right. I mean, and uh, so lesson first lesson there, right. Is be patient, right. Just because the market goes down, don't sell everything, right? Like that's the worst time to sell, right? And just because the market is going up like crazy, don't start buying up everything like crazy, right? Just have a strategy, have a plan, right? And like stick to the plan, right? Like uh, Mike Tyson has that famous phrase, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Well, we've definitely been punched in the face a couple of times this last two years, right? But, you know, hold hold tight, right? Like uh, hold your position, hold your defense, right? Like uh, uh, try to learn how to be not emotional, right? Like uh, if you lose a little bit, little bit of money, you, you lose a little bit of money, right? Like I, I'm seeing that with the uh, with the options right now, right? Like I, I'm down on the account, right? But I can see how if I hold for the next month or so, it should it should play itself out, right? So you just have to be uh, careful about it. Number two, the thing that we're talking about, the position sizing, right? So like I'm not betting the farm on this, right? Like my <laughs> trades are very, very uh, small right now. I'm just using it to, to learn learn the game. Right, so be very diligent on your trade sizes, on your risk uh, uh, management. Right, so, and uh, 
Yeah, and, and number three, like diversify, diversify, diversify. Right? When you talk to a financial advisor, they tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you, we're going to get you diversified, right? And they, they buy 10 uh, mutual funds, like five on stocks and five on bonds, and all, they all have like a 2% uh, commission that goes right, right into his pocket, right? Like, no, that's not the kind of diversification that I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about diversify into crypto, diversify into rentals, right? Like there's companies like Fundrise that allow you to participate with very little money into real estate, right? Uh, diversify... Uh, into node investing, diversify into selling premium, right? Like all these different opportunities that are out there. Uh, we, we haven't really talked about this, but I'm starting a uh, debt settlement company as well, right? So that's another <laughs> form of diversification, right? Diversify, diversify, diversify. Well, I mean, how the heck do you find all the time to manage all this? Because I'm, 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 I'm worn out from listening. <laughs> but seriously, right? I mean, look, everyone's, everyone's, uh, you know, complaining they don't have no time, right? You're out there, you know, you're, you're, you're rolling in the AI field. You're, you're, you're got some new construction going on. You got that settlement. I mean, you got to train some options. I mean, shit, you had time for your buddy to jump on here today and discuss what's going on in the market, right? I'm sure you allocate time to the great wife and, you know, you know, how do you manage all your time? Yeah, yeah. So, so regarding that's a great question, Joe. Right. Regarding that, what I would say, one thing that I've learned, I used to love to learn. I mean, I've always been a, like a lifelong learner, right? But one thing that I shifted on, right, is don't learn for the sake of learning. Make sure that you have a goal in mind of what you're learning about that will, you know, kind of put a cap, right, on that on that learning, right? So, like for example, I just. Uh, I wrote another book, right, on, on, on AWS, and um, uh, I learned a lot, right. But the way the way that I was able to learn about AWS, right, like I, I a lot more than I did before, was by writing that book, right. So make sure that you have something in mind, right. Like I have a, a bunch of certifications in AWS. You're learning as you're getting the certifications, and you have that end and goal, right. Learning about real estate, you know, get get into real estate, right, and. Uh, in, you know this better than anybody because I, I know how you've been crushing it uh, year in and year out, right? Like uh, there comes a point when you're learning, 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 you just have to take action, right? And, and you're going to continue to learn and you're going to continue to learn by making mistakes, but you have to just jump in and start doing it and know that you're going to make mistakes uh, and continue to learn. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. Uh, make, make sure that you have a goal, goal in mind. That's good. That's good. I mean, what uh, I know you also maybe to round this out is that during these times, I mean, and it's more important, I think, especially as we get older, we recognize how to just stay healthy, right? I mean, it just seems like it becomes more of a top priority as we see uh, certain people pass away over the last year mm -hmm. or people struggle with, you know, whatever, eating at home. Uh, you know, what are some things that you do that just seem to keep you on track all the time? Oh, dude, I am religious. I mean, if I'm, I'm fanatical about my health and about my eating and about my exercise and so forth. Right? And it's really fascinating to see, right? So like, I'm sure just like you, I have close to 5,000 friends on, on Facebook, right? And, and they're all, all over the place. I mean, some of them, I just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Facebook core, right? Like somebody wants to be my friend, I'll, I'll be your friend, right? But the, the majority of people fall into two buckets, right? It's people that are either into investing, right? Like into real estate or stocks and so forth, right? And the, the other camp falls into people that I have met through my running club, right? I belong to a running club or people that I have met through um, uh, CrossFit, right? I, I love uh, CrossFit. And uh, it's interesting to see those two camps, right? Where some of them will be in the CrossFit camp or the running camp, 
And, you know, all they talk about is like, you know, I got to bring my marathon time down by, by two minutes, right? From like two hours to, to 158. Like I want to get up to, and that's all they talk about. And they're, they're super uh, um, committed to that. They're, they're committed to excellence in that regard to the point that, you know, some of them are like, they even get injured trying to do this, right? I mean, they, they take it to like a level that's not, that's not healthy, right? Uh, but let's assume that they're keeping it at a level where it is about health and like, you know, obviously they're very trim and very strong and so forth. But then you start talking to them about another aspect of their life, right? Of their financial health. And they're, ah, you know, like, I don't care about that. Like, that's no big deal. Or, you know, like uh, that'll take care of itself. Right. And then same thing on the other way. I mean, I can think of a perfect example of that. Like somebody that uh, probably, you know, very well. Um, and, and it's not, uh, not the guy in, uh, down in Florida, like that's, that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about another another person that uh, he is something somebody who I really look up to. Right, he's super smart. He's uh, kind of like me. He's in like a ton of businesses. He's into real estate. He's investing through his uh, self-directed IRA, and so forth. And every once in a while, he posts about his uh, you know healthy eating habits, and his his healthy eating habits consist of fasting. Which you know I don't know if um, how good or bad that is, right? And uh, when he's not fasting, eating whatever the heck he wants, right? And uh, so he'll eat cookies. He, he literally he said this: "I have not eaten a piece of fruit in the last thirty years." Right? So it's amazing to see somebody that committed to financial health and happiness. I mean, like that's another big thing that he, he boasts about, right? Being that unhealthy with his eating habits, right? I mean, and uh, the way that I see it, what he's doing is, you know, if you had a Lamborghini and you don't put gas in it one day and then you put crab gas the next day, what's going to happen to that car, right? And unfortunately, we only get one car, right? Like, I mean, you can always buy another Lamborghini for the human body. We only get one, right? So that's exactly what he's doing every day. And, you know, I tried a couple of times to just kind of like, uh, you know, I, I try to help people and I kind of said, dude, like, what, what the heck are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, this is, this is how I roll and it is what it is, right? So at, at some point you kind of like uh, uh, throw, you know, throw your hands up, right? But yeah, no, that, that it all begins from there, right? Like making sure that you're healthy. And I can tell that you're looking good, my man. I mean, you're looking pretty healthy. I, I know that. <laughs> I'm maintaining, baby. I'm maintaining, not yeah. really going up or not really going down. I mean, I, last year, I think I put on about two pounds. I, maybe I fluctuate two pounds, but. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's nothing. You know, and I noticed though, I'm like, oh, I got to drop one or two. <laughs> but that's yeah, man, you know, I'm back, uh, back uh, you know, I'm playing roller hockey like once a week. You know, I try to get out and walk a uh, daily basis, um, you know, depending on the weather. And then, uh, you know, just uh, trying to keep things moving, eat pretty healthy, you know, at least almost most of the time, right, when achievable. So, well, let's wrap it up. Um, you know, I already asked you a question before, but let's just say, uh, you know, what is your opinion to, for the listeners, what maybe the best thing they could implement for 2021 to improve their net worth? and what you think, uh, you know, based on what's going on. I mean, what are your yeah. suggestions? Yeah, uh, just just do it. Just start, right? It, it doesn't matter if it's crypto and putting in $10 into Coinbase, right? And uh, when I say $10, I mean $10 every month, right? Like, uh, I mean, everybody has, can scrounge up $10, right? Like, if you get that $600 check, start putting in the $10 into, into crypto, right? Like, uh, same thing with Robinhood, right? Like, now they have partial shares, right? Start putting in another $10 into Robinhood. Uh, same thing with, with Fundrise. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities that you can just do this minute uh, investments, right? And minute, minute, minute. Next, next thing you know, it adds up. I, I was just talking to my, uh, to my uh, stepson, right? 
And uh, he was showing me the stocks and he was asking me like, what stock should I buy? And I'm like, dude, you have that much? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was awesome, right? It was awesome to see. And he, it's, he's only been doing it for, you know, one or two years. Like he's not making a lot of money uh, and he's, he's just out of school. Right. But uh, he's, he's crushing it. Right? And, and he's got, uh, he's got a good setup. I mean, he's uh, living at home and uh, very low expenses, which is, uh, you know, that's kind of like my dream. I mean, I'm looking for a setup like that, but <laughs> I, was, I was very proud of him that, uh, that he's uh, been able to save uh, money. And he just started like that. I mean, he'll buy one share of Facebook. He'll buy, you know, a 10th of a share of Amazon, you know, little by little, he's been, you know, accumulating, 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 and it starts adding up. So yeah, just start, just do it. Well, that's good, man. I appreciate getting back on. Anyone want to, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what is the best way? Yeah, you can reach me at uh, alberto at alberincapital.com. All right, we'll, we'll link it in the description below. I appreciate coming on again today. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Great to talk to you. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Joe Robert Show.